0: Hey everyone, this is at New York iDoc, aka Dr. Raimondi, aka Dr. Damaris, and on today's episode, I have yet another really special guest for you today. She is a fellow SUNY alumnus. In fact, we were classmates, class of 2015 in the house. She is an optometrist at West Farms Eye Associates in Farmington, Connecticut. She's also a member of the Connecticut Association of Optometrists. And in her practice, she is highly involved in pediatrics and geriatric vision care with a nutritional and holistic approach to eye care. Her philosophy with patient care is to empower her patients with the knowledge of how they can take care of themselves. And she believes that this will motivate them to take the proper action steps towards preventing disease and ultimately protecting and preserving their vision and health. Please welcome Holistic Optometrist, Dr. Stephanie Brown. Yay! <laughs> Woo, welcome- Thank you so much for having
1: me. <laughs> right, what an introduction so- that was. I'm so grateful for all your kind words. Thank you.
0: <laughs> I love what you're doing. So for those of you who don't know, Dr. Brown is on Instagram at EyesonWellness. And in her bio, she writes that I empower my patients to seek health instead of just treating disease. So on that note, how did you get into this wellness journey? Can you guide us through what like, brought this about? Were you always into uh, something holistic? Is this how you grew up? Like, How did this come about?
1: Yeah. So thank you for asking that. Um, I did not grow up this way. Uh, My dad is actually an optometrist. Shout out to Dr. Mark Gandel. He was also graduated from SUNY, class of 1980. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, just the very Western model of medicine. I didn't know about holistic medicine. I never looked at food as medicine. Um, My dad always took care of himself growing up. He always exercised. He always talked about movement being important um but food was never really a conversation you know we ate and it was there um vegetables and fruits and talking about the power of food was never really a topic in my house but movement was and exercise was always really important and taking care of your body was always a theme that my dad kind of instilled um, in us. And then two years into practicing optometry, the way that we were taught in school, I was just very unfulfilled. I just felt like I was on this hamster wheel that I just or even like a carousel of patients just like going in front of me like round and round they go where I'm just writing prescriptions all day and I didn't feel like I was really getting involved part of it is because of the mode of practice that I'm in I mean I'm inside a private practice that's inside of a lens crafters in a mall so that's kind of what like shook me to how can I bring really like life (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, into into my practice. And through that, really through healing myself and figuring out what I liked and what made me happy, I changed my diet, which gave me so much more energy, where I could explore my passions and really look into, okay, I got this amazing degree that puts me in front of so many people. How can I use that time to my advantage to empower people and feel really good about it? And so through healing myself and feeling good, I came up with a couple simple things that I could talk to patients about. And I just slowly, the last two years, started doing that. And that's just really grown. And I feel so much better at the end of the day when I do it. So it just makes me want to keep going and figure out more ways that I can reach out and help more people. Because watching a patient's eyes, quite literally, no pun intended, but Mm -hmm. light up when you're empowering them with information. And really the word doctor comes from the Latin term DACA, which means to teach. And so I really see doctors, that's why professors, they're doctors, they're teachers. We're, you know, I see my mission to teach my patients how to take care of themselves. And so that's what I try to do one patient at a time. That's
0: incredible. How do you, how (laughs) do patients like responded to that? Have you, so it invigorates you clearly, but have you seen like anyone like maybe kind of question the more holistic approach or do you find them like completely willing to dive into the whole diet and lifestyle change?
1: Yeah. So great question. I've come up with a really great system that I've incorporated in my intake forms and patient asks them if they're interested in preventing disease, what diseases they're most concerned about. Um, I also brought in um, a piece of equipment, which we can talk about into the practice. So in asking them if they wanna do that, I can kind of get an idea what their interest level is because not every patient is interested. And it's also important because if they're not open to it, it's it's very difficult and very tiring. And I have a very open heart. So, you know, when you're trying to educate and and they're not there, maybe they're not open to it. um, There's been some pushback. So I've definitely had to learn along the way, everything I believe can be a lesson. And so I've learned in watching how the patients respond, I've learned how to tailor it more to people that are more open to it. And then those that aren't, I made a sheet that I give them just that talks about diet loosely. And I just kind of make a little joke, like, here's your homework to read over if you're interested and, and give it to them at least so that I know there's a seed planted that, you know, if they're interested, they can always refer to. I
0: was thinking of that question because patients resist the traditional model so much, and then you introduce a whole different model. I feel like they could resist that too. And it's (sighs) very difficult to, to have someone think that they, can empower themselves and that they can advocate for themselves just because that's not what they've had an experience with patients in terms mm-hmm. of the you have a scanner or an analyzer what what exactly is that yeah. I yeah video of that on
1: instagram mm-hmm. so i brought in it's called a biophotonic scanner and what it does is you can um you scan your hand the palm of your hand and it measures The level of carotenoids, which is a type of antioxidant, one of the most powerful antioxidants, especially Mm -hmm. when you talk about vision, as you know, Um, Mm -hmm. and it measures the levels in your hand, which studies have shown correlate to the amount that you have in your macular pigment in the back of your eye. And this is important because we actually store the highest level of carotenoids in our macula because we eat light all day long. That's how I kind of explain it to my patients. We have to digest food in our stomach and we have to digest light in our eye. Light comes in through our pupil, goes right to our brain. Our eye and our brain are one, goes right to our brain and our brain has to metabolize that. And when it metabolizes or digest that light, it produces oxidation which then can cause inflammation and cause a decrease in vision. There's macular degeneration, glaucoma, dry eye have all been known to be associated with low antioxidant levels. And so by knowing the number, I can then empower patients to make lifestyle changes or take supplements. And I love it too, because if I prescribe supplements, you know, as doctors, we like, I mean, it's great to be holistic and talk about food as medicine, but we need data, I need data. We need raw numbers to see is what we're doing producing a change. And so that's why I also love this scanner because we can see baseline numbers. And if I'm going to put patients on a high quality supplement, I can make sure that their body is actually digesting what they're taking from those supplements or from their food. And because digestion is a rampant problem, poor digestion is a rampant problem, you can also pick that up without doing a battery of blood tests. If you have someone go on supplements and they're not absorbing them, then you can look further into the gut. So it's a kind of window into giving you the status of health of the patient at that visit. And then you can track how their health progresses moving on. And then since optometry, I can link it to the eye because antioxidants are so important in the macula.
0: Do you know how that correlates to MPOD levels or is it the same thing? Yes,
1: so it's not the same thing, but it correlates because they've done multiple studies. And side note, I can send them to you if you're interested because it's really interesting because the MPOD, the macular pigment optical density, in case anyone that's Mm -hmm. listening doesn't know what that stands for, but yes, um, it correlates to it very, very highly. And that machine is expensive, and it takes mm-hmm. like five minutes, and it's hard to bill insurance for. And those are much more variable because if you're doing it on an older patient that has cataracts for to see through, that can affect the MPOD score. This doesn't get affected by that because it's your hand.
0: Okay, so that measures antioxidants and how well your body is processing it, right?
1: It, it measures the level of carotenoids. Carotenoids, okay. Exactly, or antioxidants, same okay. thing, yep. Yeah. And and what, yeah, what your body's actually absorbing because what ends up on your skin is correlated to what's in your bloodstream, what's in your macula, what's in a lot of your end-stage and tissues.
0: Do you see that uh, the results decreasing significantly in somebody who said, like, maybe they used to be a former smoker Or somebody who like maybe socially drinks? Have you noticed anything there? Just curious.
1: Yeah, no, great question. Every single smoker that I've scanned is, so it goes on a scale, I should just tell you, of Mm -hmm. red, orange, yellow, green, blue, gray, and the higher the better, and there's numbers correlated. Every single smoker has been in the red, which is the worst, Mm. every smoker. Every person that drinks more than three times a week on top of a sedentary lifestyle and not eating healthy there you know average american that i scan is in the red or orange oh wow what are you i'm in the i'm in the gray good question okay. <laughs> <I'm> very high
0: <laughs> i'm like afraid to, it's like so much i know gonna people you
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah oh okay. well i've
1: spent the last 2 years making it my mission to uh, de-inflate <laughs> myself.
0: <laughs> so you're going to so, have an event coming
1: mm-hmm. up? Yeah, so I have an event coming up. So what I do find is, you know, how, how you just asked about how patients respond. There is an issue with education. As you know, we don't have you know more than 15, 20 minutes with a patient, um, <laughs> at, at least in my setting. So in order to educate them on the value of the scanner, it takes time. I have events throughout the community so that I can discuss this further. I go into, so the events are called Eyes on Wellness. (laughs) And I go into the whole connection between the gut and the brain. And I talk about how food affects your body. I do a little meditation through the body because I believe if we don't really settle this information into us, you know, we can know something in our minds, but if we don't really settle it down into our bodies, it's hard to live it. So I bring a little bit of that in, that's the holistic piece. And then I offer the scan at the end. And I find most people want to do it because they really understand the value and they're really excited to make those actionable changes from there. So this event
0: is January 8th at 7 p.m.? Yes, it's
1: January 8th Uh at 7 p.m. at Be Kind. You're in uh, West Hartford, Connecticut or the surrounding areas. It's free. Um, there'll be a small charge for the scam at the end if you want it, but it's a free event and it's my fourth one. And they're really, we have a lot of fun at them.
0: Since a lot of our audience tends to be younger and, you know, they're going through a lot of stress now as students, be it as optometry students or medical students, what are some anti-inflammatory like behaviors That we could, I could even start implementing in my life in terms of like gut brain eye?
1: Yes, great question. So, simple things first. We can all do this and it's free by feeling your feet on the ground. Just feeling your feet on the ground and noticing they're there takes all of the energy, emotion, stress out of your head and drops it down. So, that way it can be distributed. You might have the same amount of stress, but at least it's distributed throughout your body and you're not just carrying it in your head as worries and rumination and all the things that can happen when we spend all the time in our minds. And then while you have your feet on the floor, if you can take a deep breath in like this, hold it at the top and let it out. And then, if you want to add another layer onto that, you can close your eyes. Mm-hmm. You can put one hand on your heart, one hand on your belly. I'm really doing take it. a deep breath. Oh, well, me too, girl. Let's all do it together, listeners. Let's all do this. <laughs> we can all use it. We're gonna take a deep breath in, and you're breathing in all the light and positive energy and peace that you can, and then you hold it at the top, and then. And as you breathe out, you just notice all of the worries and all the thoughts that you had in your head melting down in front of you. Yeah, that feels, feels great. Yeah. <laughs> and then also, the more that you practice that, the more grounding it will feel. Notice it's it's a practice. So the first time that you try to take a deep breath, if you've never taken a deep breath before, me two and a half years ago in a yoga class, I hated it. I wanted to crawl out of my skin. <laughs> but it is that's. I just want to put a side note. If you felt really antsy, just closing your eyes and feeling your feet on the ground, and that made you feel m- more anxious, almost. It's a practice and just know that keep on doing it. Keep on trying that keep on putting your feet on the ground, taking those deep breaths, and you will find a way to center yourself.
0: Yeah, our, our patients do really need that guidance sometimes. Every now and then, like most patients before I bring them into my exam room, they've already like, you know, have focused on being in the moment and, you know, being relaxed and so that they they could get their prescription correct. But every now and then I'll notice somebody who's just not breathing.
1: Mm -hmm. I have to tell
0: them like, hey, like take a deep breath, just breathe through your nose. And Mm -hmm. It's just really interesting how many of us do hold it in and just don't take that full breath and use our whole lungs, even though that's kind of difficult.
1: Totally. I mean, Mm -hmm. and then you can learn to recruit more of your lungs, more of your diaphragm. You increase your capacity to take in oxygen. And, you know, we can do every diet in the world, every exercise in the world. But conscious breathing has been shown to be the number one way to decrease your stress because your parasympathetic nervous system that you're activating by consciously breathing starts to de-excite or deactivate the sympathetic nervous system, which is your fight and flight stress system. So you can play with the levers in your body by breathing. That's the fastest way. There's other ways to de-stress, obviously, in, get in nature, put on a song, you know, dance it out, whatever, cooking, cleaning, whatever your favorite activity is. But if you want to talk about decreasing stress throughout your day while you're living in your day, taking deep breaths is the quickest way to access the lever to the parasympathetic nervous system, which is what you want to turn on to relax your body.
0: Yeah, you're totally right. We can do that absolutely anywhere.
1: Exactly. And I love how you brought it up with your patients, because I recently in the last couple months have been incorporating making all of my patients take deep breaths throughout my refraction. And number one, honestly, most importantly, is I feel calmer at the end of the day. Yeah, (laughs) But number two is I'm noticing my prescriptions are much less strong. And my patient's responses are just like calmer because I find that their personalities come like better one or two, and this is you're going to be per- your prescription for a year. Yes. And a lot of patients have this story going on in their minds that we don't even realize. Mm-hmm. And so these deep breaths, because again, to get them present in the room, in their body, to mm-hmm. see what they're actually experiencing, because back to this idea, you don't see with your eyes, you see with your brain. You really need to be in your body to see through your brain, you know?
0: <laughs> oh, totally. I never thought of it that way, but you're cr- yeah. totally right. It's a, about an awareness of being present in the moment. What yeah. I tell my patients is I have them like close their eyes completely, like while yeah. I'm cleaning and setting things up because otherwise you just have it open all day long and then they're not breathing and all this stress just builds up and
1: yes oh i love like, that i'm gonna steal that thank yeah. you <laughs> yeah
0: because like what are they doing right before they were like rushing it to get inside and then they were just staring at at their instagram and like, reading stuff, <laughs> comment you know i'm like okay close your eyes no nope. exactly okay, and
1: you okay. being in new york city <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh yeah they're just like they're totally. blown in like basically from the wind you know
1: all they're, these they're like real quick just check my prescription you know while they're like answering emails probably yeah. they had it their way <laughs> like,
0: no, no. yeah but that's I like, that. important basically there are root causes to everything as you're mentioning and it's all so connected something else that um i did notice that you did a video on was diabetes and i was just reading up on that today teach us about diabetes and from your perspective, what are some things that you tell patients because there's technically not really a diabetes, quote unquote, diet on, what is it?
1: American Diabetes Association. The American Diabetes yep.
0: Association, yes. I remember mm-hmm. when I first went to optometry school and first started seeing patients, I'm like, oh, what could I recommend?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Not not much. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, not much there. Not much. <laughs>
0: Red meat, like, wait a yeah. second. So, Great. <laughs> so, right. uh, tell us about this, because this is a big problem. More than 100 mm. million Americans are either diabetic or pre-diabetic. So right. what, what could
1: we do? Huge problem. Yes. Thank you for asking that question. So first of all, um, we'll get to diet in a second, but we have to talk about the importance of exercise here, because when you have uh-huh. a metabolic disease, which is diabetes, it's a metabolic dysfunction, your metabolism is not able to process, digest, metabolize your foods, specifically sugar. When you exercise, it makes your body take your muscles specifically, take the glucose out of your bloodstream, which is where it's very, very toxic to your body, and use it for energy. And so right there, you start to use the sugar in your body through your muscles when you can't use the sugar in your body through your normal stomach digestion it ends up getting stuck so that is a huge way moving and this word exercise I just need to take a second to digest that word because I think exercise has got a wrap like it means you have to be in the gym and torture yourself for an hour on the elliptical no Move your body if you like to dance, if you like to walk, if you like to climb, if you like to swim, whatever movement feels good, find a class. There's communities everywhere to support you in your changes. You don't have to be miserable while exercising. Now, diet conversation. So Mm -hmm. a huge study that blew my mind out of the water when I read it, 291 patients all had type 2 I'm sorry, 231 patients all had type two diabetes. And the only thing that they had them change was they had them do a whole foods, plant based diet, they didn't have them change their movement or their exercise, just whole foods, plant based diet, in seven days, seven days, all 98% of the patients either had to go off of their diabetes medications or reduce how much diabetes medications they were on because their body started healing itself from the plant-based diet. And the reason that happens is back to diabetes is a metabolic disease. You cannot metabolize sugar. And you, if you can't metabolize sugar, your body certainly can't metabolize processed carbs. It's all turned into sugar. So if you take out the processed carbs and the sugar that the body can't metabolize and you give the body things that it can metabolize, the numbers change. <laughs> the body changes. Now, having people sustain that is a whole other conversation the more plant-based that you mm-hmm. can be, your body starts to repair itself because diabetes is also a disease of the gut. So the gut has microbes. Your microbiome is what digests your food. It's what your, makes you able to absorb nutrients from your food and break down your food. So in diabetes, because it's a metabolic disorder where your microbiome is not working when you have whole plant-based foods, and you get rid of the processed sugar carbs, the microbiome starts to heal itself. You feed the good bacteria that nourishes your body, breaks down the food, heals yourself, and you start to kill off the bad bacteria slowly. And that change is what changes everything.
0: What you're saying, that's reminding me of, I'm not sure quite of the name of it. It's Small intestinal
1: bacterial overgrowth. Yes, that. That's
0: SIBO. SIBO. What's the deal with that? Because that's what you were having me think of right now when you're mentioning the the gut microbiome Mm -hmm. and how we want to keep the good bacteria, but then people have an overgrowth and that that might be the cause of diabetes and a whole bunch of other...
1: conditions. too. Absolutely. So there's a lot of different things that you can have wrong with the gut. Small intestinal bacterial overgrowth is where you have back. So all of this gut microbiome microbes, all the story that I just told you happens in the large intestine. So if you have this small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, meaning in your small intestine, you're having bacteria grow there. And it's not supposed to be there. And so that that they're starting to link as one of their thinking, the causes of type one diabetes actually, and type two, but a lot a lot of type one diabetes that they never knew why young kids would get that they're starting to link. It's oh. a whole new world, quite literally down in our gut now that we're starting to learn the effects that, these microbes have on our body, both good and bad. And, you know, taking it back to the overuse of antibiotics, you know, thank God for antibiotics. We absolutely need them in acute conditions, but the overuse of them has made a whole different, um, like micro diversity in, in our guts that we as humans have never encountered because we started to tamper with it. <laughs> and so, It's a sea of new things that we're just discovering in medicine, which just brings me back to, okay, well, what do we do now? What do we as doctors do now to empower our patients and the community to take care of themselves now? What do we know now that's enough? Because we don't, we're just starting to scratch the surface on this. And we can all agree that going back to eating whole real foods as much as possible is the secret. And it's no you know, it's no scientific mystery. (laughs) Yeah.
0: It's always the simplest answers to everything. What's one tip that you would, uh, because it's a lot of information, Mm -hmm. even again, back to my original point with traditional medicine, there's so many things to tell a patient, even when you give them a pamphlet to have them implement it is really difficult. What's one tip that you would give, let's say a, pre-diabetic patient comes in and what kind of lifestyle change would you expect them to like a doable yeah
1: yeah doable change so I like I said maybe they don't read the sheet but I have a sheet that I give them Mm -hmm. and on the front it talks about all good foods that will help I don't like the word good but all foods (laughs) health promoting health promoting foods that will help to prevent the diabetes your pre-diabetes from turning into diabetes health promoting foods so this side is all health promoting foods i say and i show them the back and i say number one up here these are all foods that will cause your pre-diabetes to turn into diabetes so instead of beating ourselves up and saying we're never going to eat the stuff on this side of the sheet i just want you to focus on getting more of the good in so your homework is to read this front page and focus on getting more of the good in and I'll see you next year and we'll talk about it. So that's the short version. And you know, I love that you brought that up because really what's on my heart is, okay, how do we help them make these changes? Step one, I've had to take a step back and realize, you know, everyone is on their own path. And if you mentioning it to them, spark something in them where they do wanna implement these changes, there are resources everywhere that they can seek out. Our role really as an optometrist, their doctor in the unfortunately Western medicine system, because insurance pays for sick care. Insurance doesn't pay for health care. Would I love to see this pre-diabetic patient in three months and have them come back and discuss their diet and then see what we can tweak and then maybe give them the, you know, the next task of drinking more water and have them come back in three months and see how that you know slowly telling them actionable items and, and monitoring them as sure insurance isn't going to pay for that so we can only do what we have time for it's extremely difficult in my dream world I will have a private practice where we have a community where we can come together for healing and you know, I can see them on a private basis. And then we have different workshops and groups that we all do and come together so we can be healthy and live our best lives and be an inspiration to our community. But that's the long term goal.
0: <laughs> that Sounds like a wonderful long term goal. But it is, yeah, it's so difficult to, to just strike who need it the most don't have access to it. And then it's like a whole other thing again.
1: Which is why, in my dream world, it's a community where the top supports the bottom, and the people that can't afford are taken care of by the people that can, and it's okay. circular.
0: Oh, cool! Sounds like we have we have a lot to look forward to. <laughs> to
1: Love that. But yes, it is definitely a challenge mm-hmm. in the way that it is set up in having patients really make a change, but you have the patient has to want to make a change. And I have definitely seen my patients that come to the table wanting to make a change and they get a lot out of our talks together. And they come back next year with the changes and they want to know more. Most people want to have a healthy diet sugar is addicting. It's addicting. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, we can touch on that. But two years ago, when I started this journey, admitting that I was addicted to food was my first step to personal food freedom, because naming the problem instead of sitting in the shame of it is really what got me to make my sustainable habit changes. Name the problem. I was addicted to sugar and processed food. (laughs) (laughs) What's the solution? Get off of them for long enough to get rid of my addiction. I mean, that was what it was.
0: Yeah. It's about being honest with yourself in any of this personal development. That's what it is. I think I wasn't honest with myself about how much snacking I was doing. Mm -hmm. Like to me, like, oh, it was a snack. But then when you really sit there and look at what you're eating and being honest about like logging it and then seeing the whole picture.
1: Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, I love how you brought that up because that's so that's awareness, right? We can't, we can't heal anything if we're not aware of it. So once we're aware of it, then we can start to work through it, which is then leading back to why I see our, job as optometrists, being able to look at the eye, which is such a delicate tissue, which tells us almost the whole story of what's going inside the gut. We can see changes in the linings of the eye, which can show inflammations of the gut, specifically when we talk about dry eye. And it really is a window to bring awareness to the patient by just saying, hey, I see a little bit of inflammation in your eye. It's not a big deal. You don't have dry eye, but here's a way that you can eat to nourish your lining so that you can decrease inflammation so in 50 years you don't have a problem. And so that's why I see it as so important.
0: Got it. Yeah, exactly. Prevention is key. That's the answer to everything. And that seems like the trend is going in that direction too, which I really like.
1: Yeah, me too.
0: (laughs) This was really great. Thank you for sharing about your uh, journey with us, Dr. Brown.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This was awesome. I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, where else can our listeners find you? So Instagram at Eyes on Wellness.
1: Yes, and I do have a Facebook page I'm not super active on, but I will be posting when I do my events. It's also Eyes on Wellness on Facebook.
0: Great, and tell us about your event one more time. Yes,
1: so it's January 8th at 7 p.m. at Be Kind in West Hartford, Connecticut.
0: All right, so exciting. I'm pretty sure I'll have this episode finished before that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Sorry. I blinked that's, <laughs> okay. that's my sugar.
1: That's, sugar. that's the sugar.
0: That's my brain fog right there. Mm. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. And we learned
1: a lot. You're welcome. Bye, everyone. Thank you for having me. Bye. Bye.